0: This week, Wilson plays, they play Page County, and I think they're going to win that, not completely easily, but I think they handle that ball game. I think they win by two, two scores. Yeah, no.
1: I think it's going to be close. I do think Wilson will win, but I think it's going to be close. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. And welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leland McRae is with me. And as the intro there referenced, uh, Leland and I put the jinx on Wilson Memorial. And they yeah. ended up losing to Paige for the first time in, what, 14 years? So, yeah. oops, our bad. Um, but, I mean, I
0: thought they were going to handle them. And uh, you called me down. I mean, you, you right immediately were like, no, it's not going to be that. So you were more right than I was. But- I almost
1: picked Paige Friday night, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't stick with my gut and I went with um Wilson and it
0: I'm just still surprised. I mean they have talent there. I mean there's talent on the field. A talent with experience. I'm just surprised like I know Page County brought back some talent. But I just think Wilson's talent's better. Like from watching Wilson from seeing these kids, the Page kids play last year, like I just think Wilson should be better than Page right now. So that's that was the way I was in.
1: Yeah, but I mean my thing with it was like last year Paige and you kept saying they lost a lot. I felt like at certain was positions wrong. they I did lose
0: too much.
2: They
1: yeah, and so when I remembered that game last year, I was like, okay, Paige gave them a fight. Um and sure enough, they gave them another fight. Um and this time they won and they kind of won by two scores, which was I think even more surprising. Um but yeah, Wilson's got their work cut out for him i i know you and i talked about this on friday night i think their next games are um
0: so it's a bye week this week yeah and then like spotswood spotswood and, ta
1: riverheads yeah loss 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 in my opinion i think all three of those teams are better than page and i wilson kept it close for a while but apparently page kind of controlled it so
0: i i just think the coach has got to find a way to get the most out of their talent there. It's just kind of I think I think they're better than they've looked so far. Their only win is against Waynesboro, which means absolutely nothing because I'm sorry Waynesboro, that's just what it is. I mean we're not gonna be talking about Waynesboro football on this podcast much because it's just it's nothing nice to say. It is just they're they're learning and hopefully we have find something good thing to say about them. So a win against Waynesboro is not great, especially when you looked pretty pretty bad, pretty even with them in the first quarter. Then you woke up and went and you beat them by 40. Okay, but you haven't done anything since then. And, and like Luray, if Wilson's what they're supposed to do, they would have been in a battle with Luray and I tried my best to give that more credit than it probably deserved. And you would have beat page and and they didn't. So I just, I think their coach has got to find a way to get the most out of that talent because I don't think they are right now. I think that quarterback is more capable than it, more talent than what, they're getting. And I think the running back crew, there's a lot of good running backs. Look when your backup fullback comes in and he gets 150 yards. Like there's talent there.
1: He hasn't done that so since just, Waynesboro though.
0: Yeah. I just think, I don't know. I see a lot of other teams. I think Seward Straff's optimizing their talent and those guys yeah. are the same age as these Wilson kids, if not younger. And um I, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's asking too much to get more out of, out of those players. I think they should have shown better against LeRae and I think they should have beat page County. So that's too Two disappointments. Even if one of those still could be a loss, I think that's two disappointing final scores. Uh,
1: and I'll just close out with this: if they start out one in five, um, no playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah, no playoffs. Yeah. It's over. So
0: you have no momentum. You have no like. You need to steal that TA we game. Can win. They need yeah. to
1: steal the TA game. That's the game that they can win. That's the game they have to have.
0: They're not, be- they're not so beating we'll talk-
1: spots. or Riverheads. I mean, that, that, those are two losses.
0: In two weeks, we'll talk about that TA game and. Hopefully, we've come up with how they're going to do it. And hopefully, their coaches have too.
1: Um, let's talk about the other big game in Augusta County Riverheads in East Rock. Um, big in the sense that that was the margin on the scoreboard. I believe one of us <laughs> said it was going to be a blowout, uh, and one yeah. of us was right. Uh, Riverheads, I said, it was worse three than I three thought. Scores
0: by the end of it. Yeah. By, by Friday, I was up to three scores.
1: It was worse than I thought. Um, than I thought. Look, Colonial Beach, good luck uh and skyline Birds has a
0: week to get ready for them yeah, yeah. <laughs> skyline
1: skyline you better just duck and cover i mean that is going to be bad that's not a good football team at skyline and they're gonna that scoreboard might hit 60 if if casto wants it to uh skyline is not a, good
0: and they're like a 3a team i mean that's they're that's gonna a, get to be a,
1: they're gonna get run off the field the hawks will be grounded
0: there I think that's the difference. What I've decided this weekend is the difference between Riverheads this year and in some past years. Yeah, they're looking good early. I think a lot of that size up front and and the size of those running backs, like they're used to having good running backs, but like Logan Moore wasn't as big as what Zach Smiley is. Logan was probably a bit faster than what Zach, Zach is, but Zach's pretty darn quick as is with that size, with that ability to be hard to take down. And then you have all the other backs that are, that are so good. So it's just, it's, I think that the size is kind of the difference. I think that's why they're kind of putting on these teams uh, that we thought they'd s- not struggle with, but definitely be closer with. And, and they're matching the size of these 2A, and, and I think when they play Skyline, 3A schools. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do when they get back off this bye. But I'm impressed with the win against East Rock. I, I am not dismissive of East Rock. I, 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 they kind of hun with Spotswood. I just think Riverheads is really, really good, and I think we'll see that East Rock is pretty good by the end of the season. They're not a nine-win team. They're, not a, they're probably not an eight-win team, but I think, I think they have a lot of pieces, and they'll get better throughout the season, and, and they probably didn't play their best here. Same thing in reverse style last year when, they, when East Rock beat Riverheads. But I think by the end, we'll say East Rock's a pretty decent team, and that victory will look even more impressive, which is scary.
1: Yeah, Riverheads. Um, I've said it once. I've said it a million times in this podcast. They're going to win the one A state championship. They're not going to have a game within three scores the rest of the way. Um, and one A is no competition for them. They're going to they're going to plow through it. It's the competition they have in front of them because that's the size of the school they are. But in terms of talent on the field, no one can hang with them. So it's going to be yeah. blowout central.
0: Looking through the first four rounds of the playoffs, which which update for listeners. They will have a first-round playoff game now. Riverheads will. There's no first-round bye now in 1B because uh, there's the more teams in B. Uh, Franklin, Sussex, and uh, Surrey came in, and uh, none of those teams look like they're going to be capable of holding up to that. I mean, I think Sussex is 0-2, and, and 3 It kind of looks like Essex is the is the beast of uh, 1A, and so it looks well, like they are on a so well,
1: for another Essex. Yeah, they Riverhead's fared so game. well last year, I'm sure it'll go better this year.
0: I mean, the best thing I think Essex could hope for is that Riverhead somehow does slip up somewhere and that they can maybe get them to host them again. Because two years ago, Essex was in a game with Riverheads. But when Essex came up here, it was no game.
1: No, it's not going to be a game this year either because Riverheads isn't going to slip up. They're going undefeated. I've already said it.
0: I, I not going to argue with that at all.
1: Stewart's draft. They won big against Covington 50 to nothing. Um, and some more questions got answered about maybe just how good Covington is in relation to some other teams in our area, which we'll get to later. But, um, Stewart's drafts,
0: which I've been preaching from the beginning, but that's fine.
1: Yeah. Stewart's drafts. (laughs) First test is going to be coming up soon with Clark, 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 uh, at Clark, I believe and Larray. Those are going to be two ball games where Stewart's Draft gets to see just how good they are in Region 2B compared to everybody else. Because right now, look, I I'd still, if the game is today, I'm not picking Stewart's Draft. Obviously, I said Riverhead's going to go undefeated, and they're not going to have a ballgame. So I'm not picking Stewart's Draft to beat them right now. But they don't have to play Riverheads in Region 2B. They're going to have to play Clark and LeRae. I am very interested to see how these next two games go, because if... As of right now I think Clark and LeRae are maybe a little bit better but I don't think it's by a lot. And I think these are going to be two very good ball games. If Stewart Straff can win one of them, they've got a great shot to move on to the state playoffs. If they lose both, then I think you're probably looking probably a semifinal, maybe a region championship exit.
0: Yeah, I I it's all in front of them. I don't know what more you can ask from Stewart Straff than what they've done so far. They've They've put 100, about 150 po- 140 points up on the scoreboard already this season. It's the best start of a season that they've had. It, their, their next best start was 1996, and that was a great year for them where they went to the second round of the playoffs, but that was in a string of years where they they won a lot, and that wasn't even as good a start as what this is. So you can't ask for more out of that team. They, they played absolutely great for, for the opponents they have. They've really taken care of them. Um Seeing how they face these next three weeks, they they play Clark this week. I believe they have a bye, and then they play Lorette. It's just that region is going to get decided pretty much right here by by mid October. We're going to know who who owns two B and what, kind of the playoff seedings. I really think, unless somehow there's a triangle where they all beat each other, or if East Rock gets a little more involved, then we're kind of giving them credit for it at the moment. But uh, it's it's going to be a good little stretch here, where Bull Run District is going to be fun to watch with Stewart's drafts involvement, just to see how those teams face up with them. But then they'll start to face each other too. Uh, like Larray and Clark face each other uh, October 11th. So I I think Stuart drafts really good. I still say, I think Larray, I'm just a homer for Larray this year. For some reason, I've come over to your side. Welcome I think probably the really move away from them and think Clark's the best, but Larray is kind of my pick for 2B right now. And uh, so I'm really excited to see in two weeks what Stuart draft does with them.
1: Yeah, should be a good game. Um, Buffalo Gap in Bath County. Buffalo Gap beat them 71-20. to 20. Um, Look, Bath County's not good, but I've got to be honest with you, Leland. I didn't think Gap was going to put up 70 points in any two-game stretch. They did it in one game here. Um, this offense has not had a problem putting up points. I know the competition hasn't been great, but I would have thought if Buffalo Gap was kind of what I was expecting them to be, which is a team in rebuild mode and not necessarily going to be factoring into too many Shenandoah district games this year uh, I would have thought these would be closer games the fact that they've trashed both of their last two teams makes me think maybe Buffalo Gap will factor into some of these other Shenandoah district games maybe a Wilson game maybe a Stanton game is a game they could pick off
0: yeah I mean what was the point that I made to you Gap is just that kind of program it's just the way they are out there That they're just going to be just that half step, maybe step better than you think they will be just because of hereditary reasons or something like that. It's just for some reason, they're able to just be a little better than you think they will. And it, it just happens time after time where they lose all that talent and then they still are finding ways to do like, what more do you want out of them the last two weeks? I mean, they completely yeah. demonize their opponents. So like, that's great. Now this is a big test this week with East rock, a team they've never beat.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: even if they don't win this game, they still come out of this game with, well gaps looking pretty good. You know, there's ways for that to happen this week. Cause like I said, I, I'm not dismissive of East rock, even though they got beat so bad this week. Uh, I think they have a lot of talent there, but I probably wasn't figuring that Broadway game, which is the next week. I probably wasn't writing that down as a W for Gap. I don't think Broadway is very good. I, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm probably picking Gap in that game. And so then you get into this district where you play draft, which we'll know more about them then. Stanton, I, they might just be as good as Stanton, if not better. Uh, Wilson, I think they, I mean, they're starting to pick up more and more wins. And like, maybe they're going to be a playoff team that we were just not giving that credit to before the season started.
1: They're a very similar team to Wilson. And so when we're talking about similar offenses, similar styles, the question is for me, who's bigger, who can push the other one around? Buffalo Gap's bigger. Wilson, yeah. if I was Wilson, I would not look forward to this game. I, I don't think Wilson is in the right place right now for this Buffalo Gap team.
0: And so, that's Coach Wygant going back to Wilson, at Wilson. And you
1: know game. he's going to want to win that game. Um, yeah. Not not anything against Wilson, but he's going to want to win that game. Me.
0: Yeah, you yeah. Play to win the game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and yeah, for Buffalo Gap, there, I mean, I think,
1: look, I think all, most media people, if you would have asked them before the season, where would you pit Buffalo Gap in the Shandoah District, I think everybody would have said sixth. Um, so if Buffalo Gap picks off a Wilson and or a Stanton and moves up two spots, and then they're, you know, people are surprised. and And that's something that's to like. hang your hat on this year if you're Buffalo Gap, because this is, this is a team that is playing a lot better than I thought. And yes, they're going to lose some pieces to this after this year, but they're going to be returning a lot of these kids. And I think it's a good first step in year one for Coach Wygant.
0: I agree. I, I'm I'm you know, I always talk about being a closet gap fan. I, I like that they at least have looked as good as possible these last two games. That first game was not good, and and it was against a solid Clark team. But I'll, I'll we we didn't pick that as a win. We we weren't surprised they lost that game. We weren't surprised that it wasn't even close. When we probably would have picked Gap to lose by multiple scores. So it's just looking forward. I think they're going to do better against Broadway and some of these district teams than we when than we thought.
1: And uh, we're going to watch him play East Rock, like you said. Um, yeah. And I got to be honest, I am terrified that that mascot is going to come back out this year, and I am going to make the mistake of staring into his red eyes, and he's going to eat my yeah. soul. Like I am terrified that's going to happen. So.
0: Yeah, he's going to haunt my dreams. I'm going to have to probably go into my, my kids' room and sleep with them because I'll be scared to be alone.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> speaking of scared, uh, Liberty Christian was not. They went out and won 41-6 to against the Stanton Storm. Uh, in a game that I think, look, all of us picked LCA to win. All of us thought that game would be close. I couldn't tell you um, what Stanton could have done that I think no, is capable. I, I think LCA is that much better than that.
0: LCA was the better better football team. They're the better football team. It's not even like right now, they're the better football team. They're the better football team this season than Stanton.
1: I would say we the, saw them the do one thing
0: Stanton can achieve.
1: Yeah, the one thing Stanton needs to improve on as the season moves on is the same thing that I think they needed to improve on last year that they didn't necessarily do. The defense has to tackle better. There were a lot of times the defenders were in the right place to make a play and they just didn't make the play. They broke tackles, they were arm tackles and they just didn't finish the play defensively and that hurt. The other thing is Will Dodd had a lot of balls on in receiver's hands and they just didn't bring it in. And that's not on Will Dodd. Uh, will Dodd can only do so much. That kid was Stanton's offense. If Will yeah, Dodd's not there, balls, the if, if, will if Will Dodd's not there, Stanton's not scoring 6. And they might not have a first down. I mean, it it was that kind of offensive performance from him.
0: Well, it was his touchdown and it was his long run down that that sideline. Set it down there. So yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah. Dodd, I have no hate to throw his way and I'm not throwing hate at any of the kids either, but it's just, they're just weren't as good as LCA. And I think it was pretty clear early that, Hey, they're just playing a better opponent than what they are. But Tackling number one. I I mean we could talk about drop balls, but that tackling is just a fundamental of this game that we like so much. You you gotta tackle, you gotta be more physical. And this is a physical district. You got you got all these running teams. You got Riverheads, Buffalo Gap that are always playing uh tough football. Wilson usually can play tough football. Um Fort Defiance seems to bring it. If you're not gonna play a uh, Swiss draft, Swiss Draft is a tough team. If you're not going to be tough in district play, you're going to be that last place district team. And and I played against Jacob Phillips. He wasn't a, he wasn't a soft player. So he's got to he's got to get that toughness that he had in him into his team.
1: And look, here's the other thing. Coach Phillips is bringing in a new offense. He's he's trying to simplify it for his guys. He's tweaking it week to week based on what he sees and what he thinks his team can do. So he's still trying to figure it out. This is game yeah. two for Stanton. So he does have, you know, eight more games to figure it out. Now, obviously, you're hoping he, to be clicking here after maybe this week. You, you'll know what is going to work the rest of the year and what won't. Because, you know, if it gets much further than game three, then, you know, you, you're probably going to have problems in year one. But
0: And to still be figuring things out, it's a tough time to still be figuring things out because T.A. Yeah. rising. They look better. I don't, I don't know which one of us is going to pick Stanton to beat T.A., Central Woodstock looked better than they had looked before that. That's probably going to be a tough game for Stanton. I mean, it's not a, a write-down-a-W for Stanton by any means. And then they play Lord Botatot, which I don't know if we cover a team that we'd pick to beat Lord Botatot. No. So, I mean, Lord Botatot is a beast in, in 3C. So, yeah, it's a tough stretch here before, the, before you even get to district season. And uh, these next two games, they, they need to find a victory in one of these next two games if they hope to make the playoffs.
1: Fort Defiance continued uh, their big season. Uh, they got a big win over Waynesboro, forty-five to eight. Uh, got their first win of the year, and it it really helped. I mean, I I know you were kind of disappointed that they didn't beat Liberty Bedford, but to me, it showed they're oh, they in the conversation.
0: They're in,
1: yeah. they're in the conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um.
1: And then they came oh, out they, and they put up more points than Bobby. I thought they would put up. They put up more points than I thought they would put up on Waynesboro, forty-five to eight. Um. So for Fort Defiance, I think this is a very good win. They're getting ready to play Stonewall Jackson, who is 2-0. That can't be right. 0-2. O
0: and, o and yeah,
1: 0-2, I was going to say. Um, it says 2-0 and o on the sheet, but I was like, that can't be right. Um,
0: Sometimes I'm dyslexic.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> the, they should have another game where they roll through. And then for them, uh, again, this is another team. Like Stewart's draft, what happens when they get into the Shenandoah district. I, I think this is a Riverheads is number one. Big drop. Then the question is Stewart's draft and Fort Defiance, in my opinion.
0: At what pla and then really since Stewart's draft doesn't play Riverheads for that final game, I'll I'll give credit that maybe Stewart's draft can really be playing at a at a higher level. Right now they're not as good as Riverheads, no doubt. No. But By that week 11 of the season 10th game in can they be playing at a comparable rate at a home game to give riverheads a a lot of problems possible uh i'll talk about that more in you know eight weeks but yeah they look a mile ahead right now
1: but to me i mean the question is draft and fort which one of those teams when they play is going to win um and that's that's your second place team in my opinion then i think um you can drop down a little bit and then I think it's a three team race then behind those teams. Uh,
0: and that's play right now, I mean, that's, that's right now I could see play
1: Wilson play. gap Stanton finishing in any order. Um, okay. I, I, I do think those three teams are probably about the same level. And, um, I think that's more credit to coach Wygant at Buffalo gap for getting his team into that conversation. Um, I, I think, Buffalo gap is playing a lot better than I thought they would. And I just, I still have questions about Wilson Memorial and Stanton uh, at this point in the season.
0: I agree. And just based on my history of covering this district, I just think whatever team plays the toughest out of those three is, is the one that's going to the one that the one that tackles. And we talked about Stanton, not tackling the one that tries to, less finesse it and more just do what you want to do and impose your will is, is going to be that team that steps up and, and maybe fights for just that last playoff spot in their respective region.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. This week, we have a lot of good games. Uh, we're going to be at the East rock gap. We talked about that, but that Stewart's draft. Clark game is the game of the week. It's happening up in Berryville. Um, so listen to uh, 1240 ESPN, 1240, uh, 1240 AM on Friday. You can hear our voices Covering the Gap Easter game, but we're bringing scores from all the games all Friday night long. All right, let's go to volleyball.
1: Well, Buffalo Gap is now sitting at 3-2 on the season. Uh, they're going to play Bath County this week at Bath County. Uh, so we'll have to see what the Bison can do there. Fort Defiance and Riverheads, both continuing hot starts as well as Wilson Memorial. Riverheads is 4-0. and oh, Wilson is 5-0. Oh, Fort is 8-2. and two. Then they
0: probably look the best of them because of the opponents they've beaten. Right. Um, And they, they Fort has, or no, Wilson has the tough week. They have Monticello and Spotswood. And then next week have Spotswood Monticello. So uh, they have a tough two weeks here where they're playing, you know, three uh, class three talent, which is, is what they are. They have to be up at that level. But before you get to district season, you know, playing those teams right here, it's gonna be a good little test. Now, Spotswood, not as good as they've been in the past, but still solid test against a, a good quality program. Right.
1: Uh Stanton sits at six and four. They'll they're gonna be playing Grace Christian uh this week. And but I think the big story in the area is Waynesboro mm-hmm. sweeping Stewart's draft. Um Stewart's yeah. draft dropping to four and two. But Waynesboro getting that first win of the season by sweeping draft uh and and getting their first win of the season. Unfortunately for them, they're gonna play Riverheads this week and that. Probably won't go as well, but um, congrats to Waynesboro for getting that win.
0: Give them confidence. And, and if they're beating Stewart's draft, that means they're capable of beating probably some of those teams they've already lost to. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I think it was they listened to our podcast and were offended by uh, us being disappointed that they were 0 and 5. So I really take it as uh, we drove them to victory last week.
1: Sure. Anybody who gets motivated sure. by anything that we say on the podcast, <laughs> feel free to call us out. Um, I'd love
0: Fuente to get motivated. Fuente's not go even
1: motivated. <laughs> Um, well, you you've started it, so let's move on to college football. And um, you got to watch the game; I didn't. I watched a condensed version, and I had it all on. Read pretty pretty much anything I could get my hands on about what other people thought. Uh, so, take it away, Leland Furman and Virginia Tech.
0: I, I mean, I'm still not going to sit here and just trash. But I mean, what are we doing? I mean, it's just I mean, it's Furman. It's a game that means nothing. We win it; it means nothing. It doesn't add to our bowl wins anything. It was a meaningless game that we have to come out and dominate if we're a Division One program worth watching. We were losing 14-3 to three at halftime. It was the first time I even made a joke about you being right about, you know, hirings and firings going on at halftime. Talk about hirings here in a second. I... I'm just – I'm not going to sit here and call for his head tomorrow, but, man, things better start turning around quick for me not to be right with you on the last day of that season. Because if we're going to play like this, our last day of the season is going to be that UVA game, and it's going to be right after Thanksgiving, and there will be nothing more to play because there will be no ACC championship game to play in, obviously, and there will be no bowl game to play in uh, the first time in 30 years. So, I – it's – we just – we're not good. I – I completely agree with the fact if we're going to look this bad under center, then we need to have someone younger that can be learning and getting better instead of having this older kid that should know better. He keeps turning the ball over, and I'm sick of it. And when some when my friends start saying, man, I think Sean Glennon was better than this guy, that's when I pull the plug because that's our joke. I mean, that's like in my group of friends, that is just our default joke is like, well, Sean Glennon was terrible. I mean, we have interaction with him downtown stories that probably aren't appropriate to share on, a, on this podcast <laughs> since my mom listens, but it just <laughs> Sean Glennon was not our buddy, and no. he is the bottom of the barrel for us other than Grant Knoll. Grant Noel was still worse because he, he threw it out of bed. Ba- uh, Will-
1: give Ryan Willis out a few chance. weeks. He'll try.
0: Yeah, he might get there. He might get there. If we're looking for optimism about Ryan Willis, if we, we don't make a bowl
1: game, he's worse than Grant Knoll. Grant Knoll got us yeah. to bowl games.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing now. Now that's the problem is that we're actually going to go to the bottom of the barrel, like Grant Grant Knoll. I mean, this I feel like Allen Iverson right here. Like we're t- we're talking about Grant Knoll, Grant Knoll. We're talking about Grant Knoll. Like we're we're comparing our starting quarterback in 2019 to Sean Glennon and Grant Knoll. It's the two quarterbacks I always put at the bottom for my Hokie fandom. Man, we're just not good, and uh, I'm not used to not being good. We've been Decently solid for years and years. I've laughed at other programs that weren't, that were rivals with. And um, I don't regret laughing at them, but it didn't feel good. I, I at least now I know how they feel because, man, we're bad. So they're going to, I mean, it's not even like, it's not worth talking about. They're going to beat us. I'm worried about beating Duke. I mean, it's, uh, we're terrible.
1: Oh, yeah. I got some we're, thoughts on that. We're terrible. You can go
0: for a minute, but I'm going to interrupt you and start ranting again. I don't know.
1: Okay. Um, Well, I guess what I want to start with is um, let's start with delusional fans. or Well, let's start with delusional player. Um, This is on Andy Bitter's Twitter. Uh, He got it from – which is a nice rhyme. Uh, He Hmm. got it from Dax Holofield or Holifield after the game. Dax
0: Dax is a little delusional.
1: It wasn't the prettiest – thing but a win's a win i don't know when wins started being losses when you were playing an fcs team that's when
0: 1960 you were
1: losing 14 to three at halftime hey dax do us all a favor and shut up you are a joker if if dax hollowfield is happy with that performance transfer to wake forest because that's where there are no expectations this is virginia tech this is blacksburg if you go out there and only win by seven points (laughs) i want you to be ashamed of what you did
0: Yeah, in 1975, I'm sure Nebraska played somebody close, and they got ripped for it. So since before you were born, yes, wins can be losses. It's just – it's the name of the game. In a game that you don't even get in the playoffs unless people like to watch you play, and when people watch the football and say who's best, that's when – that's when. So when polls existed. When – I mean, and that's been forever. There's no – you talk about it. You hate it. There's no true playoff. So – people look and watch these games, your results, who you beat people by matter on where you get ranked and where you get bowl game you go to. So that's, a, that's just an irrelevant concept for him not to understand. That's as bad as Donovan McNabb, not understanding what, what overtime rules were when the Eagles tied 15 years ago or whenever it was, you don't understand your sport. If you don't understand that you can play like that against Furman. And that is a bad thing. Yeah. You don't understand. I mean, he delusional player now he's a spiritual, emotional guy and I like him and I'll be cheering for him next week. I'm not, I don't want him to transfer somewhere else. Now enter the
1: transfer portal. You're a joker.
0: (laughs) You gotta, you gotta understand. You gotta come to the mic and be like, our performance wasn't good enough. We got to play better. If we hope to be competitive in the ACC, you know, we have to play at a, at a better rate than this. And yet, I mean, the Zebras did you a heck of a favor.
1: That right, onside kick, that I saw that. I, for the life of me, I don't know how they took that away from Furman. Oh, my gosh. Furman should have had that ball. Now, I do think our defense would have stopped him. But we
0: would have stopped him. We still won in that game. But still, like, we didn't need, the, we didn't need that aspect thrown into no. that. No.
1: Uh, yeah, you need an official's call to make sure you won the game is what it looks like.
0: Apparently. Now, I wish they could have started earlier.
1: Now I would like to move on to delusional fan. I'm not going to say what I saw today I liked, but watching the student section leave at halftime and boo your starting quarterback is unbelievable. If you are a Hokie fan, you should be in it for the long haul, which he spelled H-A-L-L, not just when it's good. I'm pretty, pretty disappointed in Hokie Nation. How ironic, because I'm pretty, pretty disappointed in Hokie football. Let me say this. As a person who doesn't care when JMU fans leave at halftime because they're not watching real football. I'm not going to get mad at Virginia Tech students for leaving when they're not watching real football. I don't know what Virginia Tech called that first half, but it wasn't football. It was a train wreck, and it's hot, and those students are pissed that they're watching a coach die on Ryan Willis Hill. You know what the difference between Justin Fuente and Frank Beamer was? When Sean Glennon was out there stinking up the joint, he went to Tyrod Taylor because he knew this team needed a spark. You know what Justin yep. Fuente does when Ryan Willis is out there stinking? Throws him back out there and goes, well, maybe this time it'll be different because he he's a senior leader because I like him. Yeah, well, Keshawn King's getting too many yards, so he needs to come out of the game. What is he doing? Scoring touchdowns. I, I, I don't get Justin Fuente. If he wants to die on Ryan Willis Hill, by all means, let him. But I don't think he needs to be here after this year. Now I'm going to move on to booing no, your own I, team. I, I don't I, care I, the I reason boo- is terrible, just terrible. I've never seen that in Blacksburg and I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that you're a Virginia tech fan because you're in, I, I just wish I was that willfully blind and ignorant at times because then I could look at this team and be like, Oh, well next week, uh, which is another, I didn't save this, uh, uh, time. Uh, I didn't take a screenshot as the word I'm looking for, but there was another guy who said, all these fans freaking out. A wins, a win. We'll beat Duke by 20 in our next game. We haven't beaten old dominion. Or Furman by 20. We will lose by 20 to Duke before we beat Duke by 20. I, we're not even beating Duke. I don't know what these fans that think, like, we're just going to magically fix the problems that we've had all last year and have per- persisted week in, week out this year. I don't know how they think that's going to get fixed.
0: I, I will say I I wouldn't boo him. I, I don't like Willis. I don't like what I saw. I'm okay I with him booing. I, I'm not going to cheer when he's hurt or something like that. And I'm not going to boo the kid. So I have a question. I'm also not going to nudge my friends. If they're sitting beside me, booing him, I'm not going to nudge them to shut up. That's their choice. You can boo when you want to boo these kids. Yes, they are not paid, but they are receiving benefits from being at that school. So they should be held to a little bit of verbal from fans you know, expressing themselves during the game. Booing is not disrespectful, I think, to a college athlete. I probably wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't stop someone else from it. Cheering when he's hurt, I, I'm not. So ever I have a
1: question. It. I like, don't know if you were watching the did. game when that happened.
0: Andy I had. Go ahead,
1: go ahead. Uh, Andy Better sent out a tweet Sunday clarifying his original tweet, saying, look, the timing of it did you could argue that the fans were cheering when Hendon Hooker came on the field and Ryan Willis walked off the field, but Ryan Willis didn't perceive it that way. Is why he worded his tweet that he thought fans I mean, were cheering him being injured. Maybe don't
0: fire him up and he'll play a little better. I don't know. I don't
1: like fans cheering somebody getting injured either. But no. if that—that's my question. I didn't watch it, so I wanted to know: was it a thing of like know. when people get injured, everybody stands and cheers when they get up and walk off the field? Was that it, or was it like he's laying down and everyone's like woo? like cheering that that's my question
0: like I did like let's just try a different quarterback and just see if it does something and whether he's you know before he was hurt I was thinking that so I don't know I I didn't have audio on I was doing a lot uh it was on in front of me and nothing was happening that made me want to you know dive in deeper so I stayed at an arm's distance from what was going on but uh I don't know the exactness of the booing or the the cheering when he was hurt but I was good to see Hinden Hucker out there. I mean, it made me feel a little better.
1: Yeah, so. but then we didn't even let him throw.
0: Like, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get Justin Fuente, man. I don't get this offense. I don't get this strategy that he's employing. I, I don't so get do any of it. What do you think
0: about them bringing Kill in? Bringing who? Jerry Kill in for the oh, Minnesota
1: Cars. Uh, can Jerry Kill be the head coach? Because he won games at Minnesota, which has got to be a hell of a lot harder than winning he also games in Black. a lot of ice cream, which was cool. Yeah, he won. It's got to be. <laughs> way harder to win in Minnesota than it is in Blacksburg. So can he be the head coach? Because right now, I have more faith in him than Justin Fuente. I know he's brought in to fix the running game. Uh, Justin Fuente, I have your fix for running game. Give the ball to Kashawn King and tell everyone else to get out of the way. That guy is the only running back you have on your entire roster.
0: I agree. He's the best. He needs to be treated like the best. I don't think we've treated our... A a wise man told me this past week about his thoughts on Fuente and how he, he doesn't treat his best players like they're his best players and uh, maybe that's why Josh Jackson's gone and I I think that's a relevant point that I, I take from away from that and they instead of benching Keene for fumbling not fumbling yeah, not, not fumbling good. letting the ball go after he's already been down um I I don't see why we're benching him for that so maybe we treat the guy that's the best on the field just a little bit better I'm not saying you have to like go buy him a car or let them skip practice, but please you know, do maybe leave them yeah. in the, leave him in the football game, you know, be nice enough to do that. Jumping back though, to the coach hiring another coach. I, if I had a podcast at the time, I would have drilled UVA so hard. Cause they had to hire a coach to, for clock management. They hired NC state's old coach just so they would know when to call a timeout. I killed UVA talking about that. So I, I'm not going to sit here and praise our, you know, we have to hire another head coach, because our head coach can't figure it out to run our program yeah i the timing of, if we're going to do it now's the great time because we're going into a bye week gives us two weeks to to get used to what he's his analysis of what's going on but i'm not going to praise it because we should not need this what we if his analysis is for a got. better
1: run game you need to put in an actual quarterback who can run the read option what is justin fuente going to fire him then
0: i <laughs> that's just, and, and speaking of turnovers and getting mad right at
1: Sean King for you know not turning the ball over, uh I wish we cared about turnovers when Ryan Willis is throwing the ball because let me tell you effort. that interception he threw, wow, great a horrible pass. if you looked up out of his depth in the dictionary, you would see Ryan Willis's face, and I'm not even really mad at Ryan Willis at this point. I know it comes off that I am, but What is he supposed to do? Go to Justin Fuente and say, hey, coach, I I think I should be benched. No,
0: I'm not good enough. He's not going to
1: say that. Justin Fuente needs to have enough common sense to be able to look at that and say, hey, this isn't working out. Hey, I'm trying to run the read option and I have a quarterback in there who can't run and can't read defenses. Hmm. Wonder if that's going to be an issue. I I mean, again, I, I don't understand Fuente. The number of fans on Twitter who still defend him. Please, you are the worst. And let me give you a pro tip. When you're at your you know, like-minded gathering and they start passing out Kool-Aid, don't drink it, okay? Pro tip, don't drink the Kool-Aid because you people obviously need that talk because you are absolutely in denial. And I can't imagine the amount of bliss you have because you are completely ignorant to everything that is going on around you when you are watching this football team. It has got to be like heaven to just not have any idea what is going on and just be able to convince yourself, well, next week will get better. Oh, a well, win's a win. Who cares, right? Furman's good. Let me tell you who I would allow to beat Furman by seven JMU, because it would be a top 15 FCS matchup. Let me tell you who I don't want to only beat Furman by seven. Virginia Tech, because they're in the ACC and we actually have expectations in Blacksburg. And if those expectations are too big for you as a fan, do me a favor and don't watch this team because you being a fan is the problem in Blacksburg. And I've got news for you. Virginia Tech and Whip Babcock should be embarrassed at those photos going around of the student section being three quarters empty. And I don't blame the students because that's going to have to happen around the entire stadium for Fuente to lose his job. That's how Fuente loses his job, is when people get sick and tired of watching this dog and pony show go out there and watch Fuente bang our heads against the wall with Ryan Willis. When everybody starts leaving and Lane Stadium turns into a silent library, then Whit Babcock's going to look around and go, hmm, I guess this isn't working. And he's going to fire Justin Fuente. Ray uh drive for twenty-five. How about just drive for fifteen? And it can be fifteen million, so the fans can raise fifteen million dollars to get his sorry tail out of Blacksburg.
0: <laughs> That's a good line. All right. UVA played football. Uh the same officials must have left Blacksburg on their stick oh <laughs> of playing playing well for Virginia Tech at the end. Really helped the Hokies at the end. They went to UVA and called a heck of a fourth quarter for every uh tech fan because. I mean, UVA had that game won so many times on that last drive that Florida state was making and the officials just kept bailing Florida state out. It was amazing. Um, Obviously we all know which way I was cheering, but I was just laughing like, this is ridiculous. Like UVA so deserves this game. I mean, they got to the fourth quarter and like four straight drives scored on like 70 yard um, or, or three state drives, 70 yard plus drives came down the field, scored touchdown. Like, that's, what you, that's a winning team. That's a team taking care of business. Florida State is not that. And so then Florida State gets the ball on the last drive of the game. And just so, like, four penalties were crazy. And, and I would have lost my mind, too. If I was Bronco and Hall. I'd have lost my mind, too. He did. He got an additional 15 yards. I'd have been right there the same way. But Florida State doesn't get it done because they're a dumpster fire. UVA wins. They deserve to win. They play the better football game. People are trying to compare it to when UVA beat florida state in 1995 oh my, 1995 yeah um and go ahead and build, yourself a, a yeah, ahead a build yourself a time
1: machine yeah go ahead and build yourself a time machine because that's when florida state used to be relevant
0: yeah uv and they ever lost an acc game before and that was the first one they lost and, and that was a huge win for uva way back then this isn't the same victory now i mean i guess it's the same opponent you're in that stadium it was the biggest crowd they've had in a long time it was a good atmosphere for them I, I I understand some people mentioning it, but it is not the same. Florida State is terrible. I, I'm glad we don't have to play them, but I'm, they're absolutely terrible. But uh, good for UVA to get the win, but you got bigger fish to fry than Florida State. I was going to say, and, uh, to
1: me, this game proved that Clemson is truly all alone in the ACC. It, we talk about Riverheads being a class of their own in the Shandoah district. Wow. It, magnify that by a hundred and you get the ACC because it's Clemson jump into the ocean, swim all the way down to the bottom of the Marianas trench. And then you find the rest of the ACC because God bless them. UVA is probably the best team in the coastal, but they are going to get absolutely slapped when they step on the field against Clemson. It's going to be a 40 point butt kicking.
0: And it also shows that UVA is likely you
1: know, To drop a game somewhere they shouldn't.
0: Drop a game they shouldn't, and and they didn't against Pitt. They nearly did against Florida State. There's gonna be some game in there they drop. Maybe it be to Virginia Tech. That would be a miracle. Uh, but I just, yeah, they UVA just doesn't look like they're ready to to be a top dog. But hey, you're learning and you're going. You have to have those games. They're just you, you haven't arrived yet. And I think a lot of my people that I would talk to about UVA probably wouldn't say that. But watching Twitter, you you see crazy people. UVA has ODU this week, and they'll hammer them. They'll hammer them by 35, and they'll get them off the field, and and they'll treat them like they don't belong on the same field as them, as you should when you play an ODU team.
1: Yeah, it would be nice if the other team in Blacksburg did that.
0: Um, JMU won by 50, and they're won by 50 this week too.
1: Yeah, uh, they beat Morgan State in the Who Cares game, and they're going to play at Chattanooga Mm
0: -hmm. in a
1: game where the train's going to get derailed early.
0: They sold a lot of beer. I saw that tweet. That was probably the thing I took away most from it. The first week, they sold like $36,000 worth of beer. I, I don't know if Brent Kavanaugh was there, but, uh, you know, that's good that they had a lot of beer sold. and People liked the beer. It was good for the school.
1: Great. Um, yeah, I know you put your little note on here. You need to check the tape about College Game Day going to Notre Dame, Georgia, saying, oh, I told you ESPN does 90s ABC games. I said if there is a game that is somewhat similar in hype, they will do the ABC game. The three games well, you check- listed are not on ABC. There two of them are on CBS and one is on Fox. Check,
0: check, check my notes over to the right there where you see some red and green. And it lists how many times last year that game day – last year, last season, didn't go to where the ABC game was, where they fly Kirk curb streak anywhere they need to in the country after he does game day. It's not a mandatory thing that they go to where they're doing the ABC 8 o'clock game. It happens. I'm sure it, it weighs in there exactly like I said – Listen to that tape, but they really, when there's an obvious big game, they're at it every single week and they'll go four weeks in a row to where the CBS game is if they have to, because that's what they do. So game days at Georgia, where they should be top 10 matchup. And it's, it's going to be awesome.
1: Goodbye Notre Dame.
0: Um, Oh yeah. Notre Dame's falling quick. Wisconsin, Michigan,
1: uh, who cares? It'll be a good good game
0: It's a good day. I mean, you can sit there. Yeah, you can watch from noon. Road, and it's going to be solid. Noon to
1: night, yeah. Noon to bedtime, and then the Pac twelve will come on, and you go to bed. Um, but I like
0: the noon games on Fox. That are they're pumping them up. I yeah. like it. I, they've won noon hour. I think all three weeks of the season so far, and they should. I, they got where nobody else was. So good for them for using their brains.
1: Yeah. Um, moving on to the NFL quickly, the Redskins yeah, lose to the Cowboys, thirty-one twenty-one. They're just not Dallas, so yeah. uh, they played two pretty good teams in Philadelphia and Dallas, and they lost both of them. They're going to play the Bears. If they lose to the Bears, season's over. If they beat the Bears, you know, there's still hope.
0: Because the- then they got the Patriots after that, I think.
1: Well, yeah, and that's a loss. Um,
0: yeah, Gruden's gone.
1: Okay, we'll see. Ravens-Cardinals. Uh, Ravens win 23-17. We're now 2-0. and Pittsburgh is 0-2. Cincinnati is 0-2. Cleveland will probably win tonight, so they'll be 1-1. One one. But um, it does give the Ravens a pretty nice position. Lamar Jackson, um, if he does it one more week, I'm ready to fully admit I'm wrong. Yeah. But I'm seeing... one
0: more week, I'm going back to last year and pulling all the tape and, yeah, and I'm, I'm uh, openings I'm, for the next month.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, Leland. It does look like Lamar Jackson in the offseason actually worked on his passing game. He had a pass in to lock up this game that he dropped in the exact perfect spot it had to be to Hollywood Brown. And when he did it, I was, my first reaction was, wow, that was an amazing pass. And I didn't think that was in his arsenal. And I'm telling you, there are st- there's still the occasional pass that he'll throw, and you're like, what are you doing but when he misses an open guy? But for the most part, Lamar Jackson has gotten a lot better. And you know what? Um, Making plays. Uh, if he keeps running like he is, I still don't like him in terms of longevity, but he's looking like an actual NFL quarterback.
0: I mean, against the chiefs this coming week, it's, it's going to be, be a big tough test. test for that team. But Hey, even you can, you can probably measure that team even without a victory there, mm-hmm. uh, against the chiefs team that's established now and yeah. Andy Reid and, and what they have. I, but Ed, I think it'll be interesting. Meanwhile, my Steelers, big Ben's hurt. He's gone for the season. Tommy John surgery. And when Todd, when Ben came in, Tommy Maddox was quarterback. Second game of the season, Tommy Maddox went down with an injury. In comes Ben Roethlisberger, and he's been the starter ever since. It's just interesting, maybe the possibility of the mirror image happening here. Now, Ben had a great season that year. They kept the offense very simple. I think he went fifteen and one from there. They played New uh, New England in the AFC Championship that year. And lost that game. That was the first game Ben lost as a starter. was all the way then. They went undefeated through the rest of the regular season. Won a playoff game with their rookie quarterback. I don't see Randolph doing that. But Rudolph. he has an opportunity to step in and learn where he he has a backboard. I mean, you have a backboard. If Randolph's not great. Or, yeah, uh, Rudolph. What am I saying? Randolph? Yeah. Uh, Rudolph. excuse me, out of Oklahoma State. If he there's just like, there's these scenarios. He can look great and big Ben's going to retire. He can look okay. And then big Ben, maybe come back a season and then, then hand it off or he can look terrible. The Steelers get a good draft pick and get another quarterback, get rid of uh, Rudolph. And then big Ben comes back for a year or two and, and plays in front of the next guy. So there's just a lot of possibilities, but all it spells that the Steelers are done this year. I just don't, I don't see Rudolph going on some kind of stretch where he gets some, he goes 15 and one for the rest of the season. And they go to the AFC championship game. I just don't see that happening mainly because I don't like the rest of the team for that fate. I didn't have them winning the super bowl. I, they don't have the defense it takes. They don't have the running game together enough. And I, I guess Connor got banged up in that game. I just, they're just not that level of team. And maybe I would have said that the same year when Ben came in, but I, I just don't see that happening. So I just, I, I, this is kind of a transitional year now and uh, it's going to be interesting. I
1: don't know why for you, it's Super Bowl or bust with his team. I think going to the playoffs would still be well, a very standard. successful when you season. Win,
0: when you win like six championships, Whatever. It's, it's also kind of called delusion a standard for the organization. It's that you also have to called or
1: delusion. Or not, so. You're like a it's Tennessee fan. It's going to
0: be called fan. a Patriots fan. And I mean, heck, Dallas has that standard and they haven't won a Super Bowl in forever.
1: Okay. The definition of a good season is getting into the playoffs and maybe winning a game.
0: I, I think that's possible. From those years. Yeah.
1: I think that's possible with this team. Still. I, I thought Mason when Rudolph, when they true. drafted him, I thought that was a really good draft pick. I was kind yeah, of disappointed that, that he next. went to the Steelers. And I don't think that just because he's playing doesn't mean the Steelers can't win enough games to still get in the playoffs. Uh, you don't have to go on a 15 and one clip to do that. Um, this division's not that good. Uh, the the Ravens barely eked out a win. They allowed the Cardinals to come back into it. So, yes, I love the two and zero start, but it's going to be a two and one start when we lose to the Chiefs. I do think the Steelers will win in San Francisco next week, so that puts them at one and two. I don't know who Cleveland plays. We'll see. Um, uh, oh, Rams. Um, okay, they're probably it's losing. Not a loss
0: for them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So one and two, and the Bengals. I don't know that team's bad. Who
0: cares? I mean, what are we, we going to talk about the Bengals?
1: So what I'm saying is this AFC North has three teams that are probably about the same level of talent. I still, I, I still think with Mason Rudolph, the Steelers might actually be better off because big Ben is getting older. He's not as healthy as he used to be, and it will be better to get a young guy in there. And this guy could sling the ball at Oklahoma state. I'm not saying that means it transitions to the NFL, but I think that he is good enough to win enough games to where it's not impossible for the Steelers to still get in the playoffs.
0: My problem is I'm worried that he has the same defense he had at Oklahoma State. I just don't think we're very strong on the defensive side. We're, I guess we're young. I, I, we can get better, and, and it's a long season, so maybe I'm being a little more negative. I just i i don't actually think this is a huge negative. I like that this puts us into transition now instead of waiting another year, maybe two, to understand what our transition is. This is really going to show us a lot this year. Well, so I can you like also it.
1: understand that you played Seattle and New England. New England's going to be the team that wins the Super Bowl, and Seattle's going to be a pretty good team in the NFC. Back
0: back to your first point. I'm I'm Super Bowl or bust with the Steelers. Like, I mean, I'm not saying we can't have a good season without winning the Super Bowl. I can be satisfied with a season, but I mean my expectation level is we we should be going for super bowls that's what this organization does
1: okay cool um okay the carolina panthers they're bad they're 0 and 2
0: the really the only reason i wanted to talk about them is what is cam wearing after these games i don't even i, mean, I don't
1: watch these things anymore
0: both care. weeks I swear it's like he's about to rob a train like he has a bandana on and some headgear and it's like he's going to cover his face and come in the back of the train and then have a horse riding outside of it to jump onto. like he looks like a fancy cowboy. I don't I don't know what he's doing. I, I there he's not playing that great. It looks like he doesn't want to run anymore. That's half of what makes him. So I don't know, Panther fans. I know uh, the reason I threw them on here, too, is that I've just a lot of people have talked about the Panthers around me recently. So I'm trying to talk about what Augusta fans are talking about. But I just I'm not big. i am never big.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just saying stop talking about the Panthers.
0: Yeah, stop. I've never been big on Cam Newton anyway. Um, I just I didn't like him at Auburn either. So I I don't know. That's my thought there. Breeze got hurt in the weekend of terrible news for quarterbacks. Breeze got hurt, and uh, Bridgewater came in. That team's going to struggle with Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Um, expectation level for the Saints is going to dive. But if Breeze can get back in like five six weeks, they they could still be. They just be need up,
1: Bridgewater to keep them afloat.
0: Yeah, get in the playoffs and and do what Breeze can do.
1: Not sure Bridgewater's going to stay healthy either though. Um, in terms of baseball, uh, not a whole lot to say. I'm going to talk about the Nats when at the end. Um, The Orioles are the Orioles. Um, We split with the Tigers because both of these teams are equally as bad. Um, So let's go ahead and get out of here and let's bring in Cody Elliott to talk about East Rock and the Valley District.
0: All right. Second segment here on the exports podcast. And we have Cody Elliott from the DNR. Uh, Cody, I think uh, this might set you like two ahead on every other guest that is a repeat customer (laughs) on here. So thanks for coming on again.
2: Yeah, man. Happy to be here.
0: Now, I know you weren't at the East Rock game against Riverheads on Friday. You were out, you know, partying. Uh, I don't even know where you were, but, you know, (laughs) out out, not here. You're at some wedding, and that's awesome. You got to go do that. But uh, coming out of that game, East Rock got completely handled by Riverheads. Um, what's your thoughts on that game and, and looking at them going forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're, you know, you're obviously shocked that Riverheads put that many points up on them and that they handled them the way they did. I think just because I expected East Rock to at least ma- maybe keep it a little bit more competitive, I think going into that game, I kind of knew that, you know, East Rock was going to be a little overmatched here, um, you know, just based off what I've seen throughout the preseason and and, and throughout that first game against Spotswood. But, I don't think I expected them to get handled like that. And I think the biggest takeaway, you know, up here is that East Rock isn't quite where any of us felt they were. Um, you know, maybe we gave them a little too much credit. Uh, you know, they, they lost a lot from last year. And I think, you know, they talked a lot about replacing those guys and how they had guys that they're confident in. Um, you know, but maybe some of those guys aren't quite there yet. Um, they, they don't have too much experience. They have some some key pieces, you know, at quarterback, running back, some other players like that. They don't have a lot of experience, and I think, you know, what you saw there was just a Riverheads team that's on a a little bit of a different level this year. And, and, you know, once things got, you know, kind of out of hand a little bit, it just continued to blow up a little bit for them.
0: What is your impression? I mean, you you covered Riverheads for years. I mean, to me it's just surprising that they're already playing at this high level. I mean, I've seen Riverheads play at a high level, probably comparable level in November, but seeing them do it in September – I, I'm just a little surprised on how good they are right now, knowing, having played for Coach Castro, knowing that he likes to get better as the season goes and peak at the right time. I'm scared of how good they might be.
2: Yeah, I, I, know, I agree with you completely. I mean, coming off last year, I mean, we knew that Riverheads lost a pretty decent amount of talent as well. Now, don't be wrong. They brought some guys back, obviously, that are, you know, big pieces. But they lost some some key pieces off that team from last year. And I think everybody kind of expected them to at least – you know, we kind of knew they would they would get better as the year got along, like you said, and you know probably make a run at the end of the year. But we didn't expect them to be rolling like this. Um, but the way they've come out out the gates with three really impressive wins, and especially that one over East Rock, I mean, you know, I don't care who you are, it, fifty-two to six, you know, I don't care how much talent East Rock, you know, lost. It, that's a good program that that has always played Riverhead the least, you know, respectable. And and to get blown out like that, it, it just really, I think, is a statement for how far along Riverheads is. And like you said, I think it is going to be scary to see where they're going to be at the end of the year.
1: Uh, Cody, what about East Rock? Um, They're 0-2. Where do you see them sitting in the bull run um, when you have teams like Larray and Clark that are out to hot starts and look like very good football teams this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think originally I had, you know, kind of East Rock, Larray, Clark and Strasburg and kind of the the upper tier of that district, and then I had everybody else kind of below them. Um, I still think it is kind of divided a little bit like that, but I do think you know now you've got Page, which suddenly you know they get a bit they got got a good solid win last week over Wilson. That was big for them. Um, they're sitting at two and zero. Not that I expect them to be competing for the district title, but they're going to be. I think not necessarily an easy out for anybody on any given night. They're going to play teams tough. And then you know, so I say right now I think you know, coming into the year, I kind of thought Eastrop was on the same level as those other three teams in terms of Strasburg, Clark, and LeRae. Now I'd say, you know, they're probably more of a, of a tier below right now. Um, now, that now I do think that they're going to get better. I think that Tyson McNair is going to get more comfortable in the offense. I think Trenton Morris is, is one of the better backs in the area. But, you know, they've got some some growing up and some improving to do. So I think right now, with the way Larray's playing, um, with the way Clark has looked these first two games, and then Strasburg we know how good they are between the three of those teams I think East Rock is maybe just a step below them right now um that doesn't like I said that doesn't mean I don't think that they can't get there by by the time you know they get into the heart of district
0: play the interesting thing is that Clark and Lorray and Draft kind of all play each other kind of in the next 3 or 4 weeks like that that region 2B and especially the bull run side of that is going to kind of get a lot figured out really quick here
2: yeah. Yeah. I noticed that as well. You know, I think, you know, right now it's, it's very easy to kind of get excited about a lot of these teams. I think Larray is the team that I've been most you know yeah. impressed by, you know, a really, very,
0: a really smart guy asked you that question on your uh, DNR uh, <laughs> mailbag. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but, but really,
2: I mean, the way that, the way that they handled central in the first game, and I think central now looks better than we thought after that first week. And then, you know, they go in the next week and just absolutely just ran all over Wilson and, You know, I know Wilson isn't necessarily the best team out of the Shenandoah or anything like that, but I mean, they are a very solid team and we're very well coached team and well, just, you know, handled them with ease. And I think the biggest thing with them this year is, is uh, Dalton Griffith at the quarterback spot. Um, We know they're not going to ever really, you know, air it out or anything like that, but they, but they have the ability now with him. Yeah. He's playing better. Yeah. And they can hit those big plays. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, like, I think it was against Wilson. He had four completions, but it was for 200 and some yards. And, that's the kind of things that they they were missing before. If you have that big play potential in your quarterback to just occasionally be able to do that, it changes the way defenses play you completely. And I think you know they've got enough weapons there. I think they've got a, a legitimate chance of winning that bull run this year.
0: All right, let's jump a little bit over to Valley District. Um, you know, that's the bulk of what you cover up there. You've wrote a lot about TA and they're much improved. Uh, but talk about the Valley District and how you kind of see things going. Based on some of these early results,
2: well, I think right now, you know, TA has been exciting, and, and they've probably been the, the kind of the feel good still good games. I don't think they're quite on their level yet. Um, Spotswood, you know, they grinded out that first win over East Rock, and then Ryan Hack came back and just put on a show against William Monroe. Now, granted, it is William Monroe, and they haven't—they're not a very good football team at all. And everybody seems to have big nights against them. But you know, anytime you throw six touchdowns, um, that's impressive. Um, They've just got the complete package right now. The Ethan Barnhart is, it has already passed 750 rushing yards in three games. Um, you know, Ryan High, like I said, Rob Smith at the receiver spot. They've got a great defense with, the, with you know, a ton of seniors on that side of the ball. Um, they're very well coached. So they've really had the full package. Um, you know, and then right behind them, I think, you know, T.A. and Rockbridge are kind of two and three. And then after that, it's kind of a toss-up with the rest of those teams. Um, you know, so I, I really – It'll be interesting to see how TA and Spotswood, because they have potential to be. You know, TA has Stanton this week, and then they've got Wilson Memorial, and then their their first game in district plays against Spotswood. So that, yeah. has the, that has the potential to be a, a matchup there of unbeaten's. And um, you know, like I said, I don't think TA is quite on that level, but they definitely have shown enough improvement. I think that you know they're not gonna they're not gonna be the TA of old. They're, I don't I don't expect a blowout like we saw last year.
1: Cody, I know you're a big Virginia Tech fan, like Leland and I. Leland and I um, have already talked about this, but I want to get your opinion. What's going on in Blacksburg? In your opinion?
2: Well, you know, <laughs>
0: man, uh, we're <laughs> You uh, you feel how I feel. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, there's I I will just say this. I am I'm, I'm the um, I'm one of Ryan I'm one of Ryan Willis's um, biggest critics right now. I'm not a I'm not a Ryan Willis fan at all. Yeah, welcome um, to the club. And, and I know not that that is our only issue right now. And, I, and I, I'm not trying to say that, but I, I've been, I've grown very frustrated over these first three weeks watching, watching, you know, continuous, just turnovers, um, silly plays. Um, you know, it, it's, it just hasn't looked like, uh, I don't, I don't understand why we're trying to run a read option offense with Ryan Willis. <laughs> I don't, Thank I don't you. understand a lot of different things right now. Um, Yeah, so yeah, it's just a mess. It's been very frustrating for me to watch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it, yeah, that we've, we've gone on about it probably too long earlier in the podcast, but yeah, that, that hesitated man, that's, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Um, So lately, uh, I've been enjoying, and hopefully a lot of our listeners have too. You've been on TV, man. You're big, you're big time. And I hope you remember us when you, uh, Uh, when you (laughs) get to ESPN and all that, but you've been hitting TV3, man. Tell us about, doing that how that came about and uh how much fun that is getting on on there once a week
2: yeah um Tj kind of reached out to me back during the summer we did a thing then um you know what one thing since I've came up here is TJ and I have worked with each other a lot in terms of helping each other out and stuff like that and so uh, if you've also i don't know if you guys have seen also they've, they've kind of incorporated our Shen Valley seven that we do yeah that, that's kind of gotten incorporated into their show so we kind of just work with each other help each other out i mean it's great exposure for both of us and um He's he did a thing during the summer with some of my top games to watch throughout the season and some different storylines and stuff like that. And then he decided he wanted to have, uh, have me come in every Tuesday. It's actually good. I'm going in tomorrow. Um, and it's very quick. We just kind of talk about pick three games that are standing out and, um, kind of just talk about them real quick, but it's been fun. I mean, I'm not a big camera guy. There was a reason why. Hey, you're
0: getting better. You're getting better. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say,
2: there was a reason why I chose print journalism when I was in college. I don't know how I got stuck doing all this camera stuff, but um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's been fun. It's been a good time, and I appreciate TJ for giving me the opportunity to do it.
0: That's awesome. All right,
1: Cody, we'll get you out of here. Um, what I know, it's high school football season. It means you have less free time, um, especially. Well, not just high school football, but other high school sports picking up as well during the middle of the week. But when you have free time, what are you watching, uh, or what's a good movie that you've seen recently that the audience needs to know about?
2: Well, a good movie. I don't get. To, I don't have the opportunity to watch very many movies. Um, I, I watch a lot of Netflix though, and and stuff like that. But actually, I right now I'm on a reality TV kick um and you guys might judge me a little bit for this one but uh big brother has been you know (laughs) the big the big show for me here recently i've I've got i've been hooked on that so i'm I'm waiting to see if if my girl nicole can come out with the victory there
0: (laughs) yeah i got back in college so that show's been on a while back in college i i never watched that show but i went on vacation with my parents and i I was like home the week before it and then i was on vacation with them and everybody else like my my parents, uh sister and her husband and then their friend that was on the vacation with us they were all into it so just like three nights that week it was on tv so we get done with the vacation i just called back to i was going back to blacksburg like uh we were going straight back to school and i just called ahead i was like i need you just not to judge me but can you just get on the dvr and record big brother for me so like (laughs) (laughs) so embarrassing but like it hooks you man it will
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, if I had the the financial security and the job title to step away for three months and do it, I'd 100 percent go in there and play. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Um, All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on with us once again. We'll get you back on here, I'm sure, sometime this fall uh, and we'll be reading you on the on the site and looking for you on TV three every week.
2: Sounds good, man. I appreciate it, guys.
1: Okay, Leland, Uh, we'd like to thank Cody Elliott again for coming on and talking with us, but now it's time to get into the D-Block. What is dominating your life?
0: You know, you've been talking about a lot of family reunions and parties and and that kind of stuff, and Mm -hmm. I finally got my house to a position to where I could allow uh, groups of people come to my house, including uh, their small kids. And uh, we had our kitchen finally kind of not completed, but 90%. And so we had a nice birthday party for my oldest, and it was a nice time. It was nice having enough space for everybody in this new house, and uh, it was good. And so we had my daughter's birthday a week ago, and then our party this week, and I've had my birthday, and so a lot of family stuff, and it's just been nice. Um, uh, our parents, both sides of our parents have been over a lot helping with the the house, and especially getting it back put together. And um, so it's been a lot of good help, and it's been very much appreciated, and uh, it was nice to kind of have a minute to sit down uh, at the end of that party and uh, enjoy everybody being there and in the new space. So I was I was on your ball game. You've been going to these family. You've been excited about your family reunions and stuff. So the birthday party was kind of that for for me. And it was good. So I just that that dominated my life this weekend. It was kind of the only moment I sat down was at the end of that party. So uh, it was good.
1: That's good. It's always nice to have family time. Uh, What is dominating my life is the Nats' bullpen, Uh, because I went to D.C. on Saturday, and um, let me just say, when I said last week that the Nats aren't built for the playoffs because they're a bullpen, um, case in point, Saturday. They were winning that game, in a game that Davey Martinez just cannot manage a bullpen. Um, To me, after the fifth inning, it was like his pitcher dodged a major bullet. He had walked two guys on... Uh, to start the fifth inning. And then he got a guy, the seven hitter, to line out to the first baseman Zimmerman, who then stepped on first base to get a double play in a miracle of a double play. So now you have two down. The eight hitter comes up. They intentionally walk him to get to the pitcher, who looked like me if I was going to step into an MLB batter's box, just swinging blindly at everything, missing terribly, and walking back to the dugout to end the inning. So they dodged a bullet. They're clinging to a one-run lead. His spot comes up in the bottom of the fifth, and I'm telling the person that I'm with, there's no way they're going to let this guy hit. They're going to pinch hit for him. Because that person is hoping to hear baby shark at some point in the game. <laughs> and he wasn't in the starting lineup. So I was like, here's your chance. Maybe. Well, they bring the pitcher out to hit. And I was like, huh? we Odd <laughs> choice, Davey Martinez. Because it looked like your gunslinger ran out of bullets that last inning. Sixth inning starts. Uh, the first two guys in the inning crank him to the track. He gets two outs and then he goes and pulls him to which I'm thinking weird. Um, He brings him in for the wrong kind of matchup. It's a righty lefty matchup now because he brings in Fernando Rodney. Fernando Rodney hits, uh, gives up a hit. Um, Then he gives up another hit. Um, And then the Braves score a run eventually to tie it at 1-1 into the sixth. So I'm like, okay, well, you brought Fernando Rodney in. He gave up the lead. You're tied. They go to the seventh. In the seventh, the Braves get two guys on. The uh, batter, Charlie Culberson, goes around to square to bunt, gets hit in the face with a fastball, multiple facial fractures, really hope he ends up being okay. Cause it was a very scary moment. It was a rare moment in baseball where like the umpire, as soon as it happened, immediately motioned to the Braves trainers, like get on the field now. Um, he was holding his face the entire time. You couldn't really see, I'm sure it was bleeding like crazy. Um, but, uh, like I said, hopefully he's okay. They said that the ball went off the bat first. Um, just oh my
0: goodness. based
1: on the fact that he had as, as many facial fractures as possible. Um, I would find that hard to believe, but I haven't seen a replay of it. So, okay. MLB umpires are really good. They're definitely not known for blowing calls routinely. Uh, but anyway, after that, Fernando Rodney starts a hit parade and then they go to the next relief pitcher who continues the hit parade and the hits just keep on coming to the point where the Braves eventually, who were losing one, nothing when the bullpen came in, end up winning 10 to one. Um, so, yeah, when I look that at the Washington playoffs, Nationals no. and I put you against the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Braves, you have zero chance. uh you're not beating any of those teams If the Mets stumble into the playoffs, you're not beating the Mets in my opinion in a not
0: even in that one game huh? no,
1: maybe in a one game because a one game you know well, somebody that's, can so get lucky have to go
0: through is that wild card, yeah.
1: So maybe they win the wild card, but they will not win the division series if they get that far. There's zero chance.
0: Well, I think for how bad it looked early, just making the playoffs this season is is good for them because they really did not look good through May. Um, but they, they've they been on a good tear since and made up for it. But, yeah, their bullpen's been their problems all year. so.
1: Um, now we'll move on to what I know that you need to know. Oh, no,
0: no, no. Going back to your game. So on the field, I mean, he gets hit in the face. Yeah. And, like, it was just crazy. When I went to the Braves-Nats game a couple months ago, all of a sudden the center fielder just hit the deck, and they had to, like, emergency get him off the field. What do you mean he so just hit like, the deck?
1: Like he just dropped? I mean, he's
0: just laying in the middle of the center field.
1: Okay, did he dive into the wall or something?
0: I think I I think I, like texted you, asking you, like, oh, no, I texted Stephanie. Uh, but, yeah, he like they had took him out. He was, like, dehydrated or whatever. But, like, he like oh, passed Lord. out in center field out of nowhere, like, in between pitches. It was crazy. The Braves so are young, crazy. and the Braves are good.
1: I, I really liked getting to see Ronald Acuna. Um, Nick Marquecas, former Oriole, had four hits. That was really cool. But yeah, it sounds like you had to watch a scary thing too. No,
0: it was just crazy that you had a pretty scary medical thing, and I did too. And the, the and that's probably the two times that happened this year at Nats Park, where like so
1: obviously Nats Park's bad not bad. safe. Not that's good for we, the Ax
0: Sports podcast for us to go there. It's bad. Nats Park is
1: from. not a safe place to be. Don't don't take your family. Um, what I know that you need to know is Tony Bennett um, continues to be a good human being, despite me not wanting to be. Um, <laughs> he turned down Maybe
0: just a little bit worse. Yeah, he turned
1: down <laughs> money for an extension uh, to give it to his assistants. Um, he's and then he ended
0: up donating more money out out the door too. Just,
1: yeah, to charities. So. Uh, it looks like he's staying, uh, which yeah, is upsetting. I mean, it's just a
0: signal that he's going to be there <laughs> forever, upsetting. and they're just going to be consistently good, and it, we're just going to have to
1: deal with this forever. He's the Coach K of UVA. It's going to be upsetting. Uh,
0: hopefully he doesn't have quite as much success as Coach K. Uh,
1: like, hopefully he's
0: already won his only national championship.
1: What do you know that we need to know?
0: Oh, that's going to drive me crazy. I thought the weirdest <laughs> stat that I've seen in a while... The Mariners, and it just happened to be on September 11th, nothing 9-11 related, but uh, on last Tuesday, the Mariners were, their record was... It was Wednesday. 1,995 and 2,019. So they were 1995 and 2019 since 1995, and that was, like, the last time they were, like, good, like, won a playoff series, I think. So... It was just a weird stat that happens in baseball all the time. I don't get how this happens in baseball, but their record was the date range from when they were last good. And it was just so weird that that happened just perfectly. Like one game goes different and that never happens. We never hear this stat. We never know anything about it. And as I was a big Mariner fan in 1995, that's why it really was relevant for me. But I just don't get how this always happens in baseball, where these just perfect stat things happen, and it's just—it was crazy.
1: You want to get it even creepier? Bruce Bochy, as MLB manager, started in 1995, and he had the exact same record at that point as well. 1995 and 2019—that was this week or last week.
0: It's just weird how this happens. And I don't. Want, I want to. But here's the
1: shocking part about him being 1995 Maybe and 2019 that's it he has a losing record as a manager he's won three world series titles he's going to the hall of fame
0: yeah yeah because i mean san francisco doesn't even like make the playoffs in those in the oh man they don't even come
1: close when they don't do they
0: (laughs) there is san francisco giants fans know exactly how
1: yeah Yeah. they know how the season's going (laughs) in april
0: all right let's get out of here um Make sure you are following us in addition to listening to this great podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod or at Facebook at Yak Sports Pod. Or if you'd like to email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to interact with you. Uh, we can still sign up for our pick 'em pool. We have a Twitter out there uh, with the Yahoo information. Sign up because even even if you don't win the season, you can still week to week beat us. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity to beat me in NFL pickums. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. If you're just catching us for a first time or just hopping in, or if you don't already have us subscribed, make sure on Podbean or Apple or Google or Spotify, you're subscribed in case we throw a different episode. We're usually out on Tuesday nights, but if we are not, you don't want to miss us. If we throw out an extra one, you make sure we don't miss us. And then plus, we're just ready to go for you when you are ready for us each and every week. So, and tell your friends that we're talking about high school sports in Augusta County at the beginning of every one of our episodes and then we also talk about the other sports that matter to you the Augusta County sports fan. Make sure you listen week next week we'll be back with more I'm sure high school football action we'll also be talking volleyball where we're getting closer to me being able to make it out to a game the the home renovations are calming down I'm going to be able to leave the house in an evening so uh we'll get out to some volleyball action and we'll be talking about that. So until next week Joe Deck was with me. I'm Lila McCray. Thanks for listening.